0: or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter both underscore MOV number 2 LIV. We're excited to bring you these interviews and we think you'll enjoy each and every one that we bring you. Moving to live along with our sister podcast FitLab PGH firmly believe that movement should be treated as a lifestyle, not just an activity. That's why Moving to Live brings you interviews from a variety of people in a variety of movement professions. Today's is a first. We're sitting down with Tricia Montgomery talking about Canine Fit Club and how you can exercise, move with your dog for health. Tricia, thanks for taking time to talk to Moving to Live. Moving to Live is back with another podcast interview. As you heard in the intro, we are part of a sister podcast, FitLab Pittsburgh, along with this podcast, Moving to Live. We have the ethos that movement, it's a lifestyle, not just an activity, because movement is part of what makes your life complete. A big hat tip to Eric Malzone, who has two other podcasts you should be listening to: The Fitness Blitz and the Future of Fitness. Eric connected me with today's guest because he recognized that I was crazy about exercising with my dogs and giving good information. Today, I'm excited to talk to Trisha Montgomery, who is the founder of Canine Fit Club. I'd never heard of this before Eric introduced us. There is a franchise of Fit Club facilities where you can exercise with your dog, and that doesn't mean do stupid pet tricks where you get really cool internet pictures and lousy content. This is something that's medically based. This is something that is safe, and Trisha's going to tell us her story about how she became involved with this and her story of fitness and movement. So, Tricia, thanks for taking time to talk to Moving to Live today.
1: Oh, Ben, thank you for having me. Uh, Such a pleasure to be here, really.
0: I like to start out the Moving to Live interviews by saying, what's your 30-second elevator speech? (laughs) Somebody sees you, you've got a canine fit tote bag, or maybe your dog has a canine fit bandana around her neck, and they say, what's canine fit, or what do you do, Tricia?
1: Sure. Canine Pit Club is health, fitness, and wellness at both ends of the leash. We have over 20 science-based programs that people do with their dogs, and it's done in a safe and controlled, most of all, a fun environment.
0: And we're going to talk more about that in part two of the interview. I think it's interesting, exciting. I know you're expanding. I believe you're Chicago-based, but right now you're talking to us by way of Orlando, where you're in the process or already have opened your latest facility.
1: That's correct. That's correct. I'm in Orlando right now, and we have uh, done an amazing partnership with a company called Wolfgang Bakery, and we're going to be expanding into all of their locations, and then uh, and franchising as well.
0: So I'm always curious about people's stories because it's really yeah. easy to look and see. Uh, somebody says this is what I do, but I think the interesting part is where did they come from? And I know at one point you were overweight. I'm always yeah. curious with people were you active as a child or is this something activity and movement is this something that you found later in life
1: um, I found it much later in life I, I was very 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 overweight as a child I had two uh, beautiful over sisters older sisters I used to say uh, one got the beauty one got the brains and I got depressed so <laughs> uh, yeah I I, I, uh, I just was overweight and I and, and just didn't move. Um, didn't really do a lot um, and uh, that continued on through college and, and beyond that and uh, I went to uh, see my veterinarian and uh, with my dog Louie and who was my bass account at the time and what uh, was a normal visit I thought uh, was not so normal uh, he came after taking uh, some some uh, samples from some, from Louis, he came back inside and he said he sat down across from me and said, "You know, Patricia, every time you come in here, not only is Louis gaining weight, he now has the onset of diabetes, and then I'll never forget this as Dr. Glenn Mayer, as professional as he could. He looked at me and he folded his hands and he said, And you're not getting any thinner and that and then he w- he was an older veterinarian and he didn't even realize what he said until it came out of his mouth that he said it. And that, you know, tears were streaming down my eyes. And I, I was, you know, and he's like, Oh, but you know, and the the backtrack, but as we all know, words, mean things. And I got up, paid my bill, like went home. And um, I don't know if anyone else is like me, but when I get upset, I have a tendency to eat and I probably ended up gaining more weight at the time because I was so upset. And at the time, I always call them uh, the coulda, shoulda, woulda brothers and their cousin if only. You know, if only this would have happened, if I, if I should have done this, or if I, if I only had brown hair, you know, if I would have been, you know, all these things and everything. And that, I was just in this abyss. And I certainly was not the same person then that I am now. And my idea of exercise at that time with Louie I would open the door, stand there, let him walk out, let him walk in, and just like go back to the couch, you know, and, and that was it. It took me about two weeks then, I'd say, from like that whole kind of that abyss of just, you know, sinking into that hole. Um, something snapped inside me and I got up, I went to the mirror, I took all my clothes off. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked down at Lily who had waddled beside me and I was over 270 pounds at the time. I was morbidly obese and I got dressed, went to the kitchen, started throwing things out and then um, grabbed what leash I could and attempted to walk, attempted, and, uh, attempted to walk to the mailbox. And at that time, my thighs were so large that they were, you know, that kind of rubbing together kind of thing. And, and and that was it. That was my journey. That started everything for me. And we made it a habit. I mean, I started, you know, whether I wanted to at nighttime. And I did it in the dead of nighttime then because I'd been so made fun of. And that's what happens when you're overweight. People make fun of you. Uh, whether you've got this beautiful face or beautiful personality, it's not kind. It's not nice. And um, we started going to the track. started walking. We started, like, doing, like, little things that I could do. I started to lose weight and, and Louis started to get healthier. Um, I went back to Dr. Mayer and I asked him for a job and he hired me not knowing anything about the veterinary profession, but he saw something inside me that I don't believe that I saw myself and that changed my life. Um, about a year and a half after that time, uh, he, uh, there was an opening for uh, the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association as the public education director. And he said, I think you'd be really good at this. Why don't you, why don't you try out for this? And so tried out for it, and understood everything about the other person who was in the previous position, undercut her price way, <laughs> and took over the position. And then I served as public education director and executive director at the, for the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association. But during that time, I saw how um, the team between human and canine obesity.
0: And I'm curious, before you uh, saw the veterinarian with Louie, what was your career? What were you doing?
1: I was uh, doing some at-home work to where I was just doing some, some kind of um, just basic, you know, skills to where you, somebody would hire you out. Nothing, nothing really beyond that.
0: And I know, as, as you also know, obesity is a problem in the U.S. And I mean, it's very easy to say, well, just stop eating so much or just get off your butt and move. But it's often harder than that, especially if you're somebody like you who was not active as a, as a kid and didn't understand or didn't actually find the joy of moving into labor. If you're somebody who's a little kid who enjoys running around and mom and dad and siblings like to do it, then it's easier to get back into it than if you'd never done it before. Before before you'd seen uh, the veterinarian uh, with Louie, had you made attempts before to say, you know, I need to exercise more, I need to watch what I eat a little more? Or was this just kind of the light bulb or the the lightning bolt, so to speak, that started you on your journey?
1: No, I, I lost and gained a thousand pounds over and over again. And my dad was a huge runner and I remember, and he'd like get us out there and try to get us to run around the track. And, and my sisters were very thin and I was very overweight. (laughs) And um, it was this whole thing to where everybody liked to move except for me. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't want to exercise and I would try to exercise, but then I'd come home and I'd eat you know, and I'd overeat or I'd sneak eat and I, you know, supplement those emotions with, with eating. And um, it became this this vicious circle. I remember, you know, getting signed up for Weight Watchers. I remember getting signed up for Fat Camp and like coming back, imagine coming back from like a month and a half at, you know, this camp and I came back heavier. How does that happen? <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, and, you know, I remember reverse psychology that my dad used to do, all these different things, and it just didn't work, because you've got to want it. You Someone's got to snap to where it's like, I care more about me than that food. I care more about this inside me than that, and it's also loving yourself and accepting you for who you are, but also looking in that mirror and starting to unpeel those layers of the onion and and looking at yourself, who you are, that it's not everybody else's fault. It's I mean, first of all, let me step back a moment. There are people all across you know the nation that have illnesses and issues that prohibit them from exercising and prohibit them from losing weight. That is just a given. We know that. Um, that was not my case, and um, it was understanding. Me inside, and 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 realizing that it, it looking in the mirror is a pretty, um, you know, a pretty clear picture when you realize who you are. If that makes sense to you,
0: it does. I'm I'm also kind of curious. I know you and I were talking before we started recording. Both of us have lost dogs fairly recently. Yeah. And my dog has been a prime part of my movement, not because I had problems moving without her, but just because. As you know, it's hard to go outside or do something with your dog and not have a big grin on your face. Exactly. And she would go to the vet, and the the vet would listen to her heart and say, You must run or walk with her a lot because she's got a very low heart rate. How much do you think that message was from the veterinarian uh, was more about Louie and you realizing, Boy, I really love this dog. I want to keep him around as long as possible. And I know that diabetes is bad, so I need to figure out a way to possibly keep him as long as possible rather than just continuing on this path. It was
1: everything about Louis because I I would not do it for myself, but I would do it for him. And nine times out of ten, that's why people come into canine thick club is that I won't do it for the dog makes it okay. It's not about me. Oh, I'm not exercising, but it is about the dog because people care so deeply about their dogs and their pets and they want them to live longer, healthier lives. And we're spending so much more money, $90 billion per year on our pets that um, that, and we're willing to do so because we want them healthier. We want to keep them alive and and leading that amazing
0: quality life. And I know my other dog was in the vet a couple of weeks ago and my made the comment. It's like, keep your dog at this weight. I wish I could see more dogs like that. And, you know, at that point, I just learned about uh, Canine Fit Club. And I think this is so much, not only with humans, but also with canines. We don't really understand what it takes. I mean, it's easy to say, well, just go out and exercise. And it's more than that.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, even with humans and canines, it's It's about nutrition. It's 80% nutrition. And then you've got the exercise component, but I always liken it to a stool, a three-legged stool. So you've got your nutrition component, you've got your exercise component, but it's also up here. It's in your head, it's in your brain. Because if one of those breaks down, if my mind isn't working, but my nutrition is working and my exercise is working, it's going to fall apart. So those three components have got to go together, and keep in mind it it is up and down the leash. We you know there's a, a term called anthropomorphism and you know it's it's widely used and um and people sometimes don't think that it's a real thing but it is a real thing from a from a from a human standpoint that my habits go directly to my dog my thoughts I'm carrying those over so if I'm not going to exercise you know my dog is not going to get up and go hey you know, I'll see you later I'm going to take the leash and I'm going to go for a walk by myself now I'll see you later can I grab that way <laughs> while well, I'm at it And it just doesn't happen we as humans have to be the ones to motivate and doing that together, but you've got to first get to the human, which is what my my veterinarian did to me, you know, through without even realizing he did that. So
0: we're talking with Trisha Montgomery. She is the founder of Canine Fit Club. I think what you've described, Tricia, is Movement is important. We say uh, moving to live movement is a lifestyle, not an activity, but you've also given, I think, valuable information rather intentionally or unintentionally. Your dad was a runner, tried to get you to run. And it's at the end of the day, we would like to see people do X amount of cardiovascular X amount of resistance training, X amount of mind, body or flexibility training. And there are standards out there. But before we can get to those standards, if you think about what so many people don't do, we just need to figure out ways to get people to move more. And I think with Canine Fit Club, you figured that out for many, many people. I know in my instance, even though I love to move, if it's snowing and it's 10 degrees out and the wind's blowing, I'm more likely to say, Boy, I don't need to go out today. But my two Labradors are going to say, No, no, we want to go out today. And I'm curious if now that you're older and you've, uh, Change your mindset. Do you run now, or are there other activities that you preferentially uh, do because just running just has a negative uh, memory for you or something you just didn't enjoy when you were younger?
1: No, I was, So, I was a marathon runner, I started running marathons. I run three, I don't run anymore. Um, I think as we get older. Um, I'm 50, but it's, um, it can be hard on your body. I enjoy more so now like strength training exercises, and I'm a huge Pilates fan. Uh, there's so many activities that I love to do that really um, elongate your body and create longer, leaner muscles. And for your audience, um, especially if you've been overweight, as I was, and losing over half my body size, Pilates tones, strengthens, elongates your muscles, and um, it's, it's an incredible, incredible benefit.
0: And I know when I do so I actually have a reformer in my house. When I do some uh, exercises on my back, one of my cats will actually hop on the reformer and watch it move back and forth. So it's good. You can uh, do pilates with your pet, also.
1: You can. We have pilates and so. But cats in our in our world are meow. Get it meow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm curious. With again, because I I just love dogs. With Louie. how did you see that? Moving with him and just starting out with these walks and going to the track. How did you see that that changed his life, both as far as uh, the way he moved and his quality of life, and also how long did he live?
1: Sure. Um, So when we first started walking, he just like stopped. He's like, I'm not used to this. I'm I'm not going. You know, and just like, what you got to leave? We're moving. What do do you mean? You know. But it became. A journey that both of us took together, uh, where before he, he ended up t- losing about seven point five pounds total, um, which is huge on a, on a basset hound as well, and and a, and uh, and, uh, and you compute that into human terms as well. But the gait it it decreased. Uh, or his gait increased as far as uh, the, the way he walked, the way he moved. It was more fluid in movement, where before it was a waddle, then it became a gait, and the way that we moved together became this excellent kind of symmetry that, that we were in sync. Um, from a health perspective, he lived uh, a beautiful life till he was, I think, 11 and a half years old. And it was something that his heart, and his diabetes, there, there was no diabetes after that. You know, we switched his food, it was a way of increasing his life and having him live so much um i i would say happier healthier and longer and um and 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 really being healthy together
0: did you find that after you got into it that all of a sudden he enjoyed walking and he was like this is lots of fun let's go mom
1: he did. He did. Um, I think our dogs are the the ones that wait beside, you know, and like they've got the leash, they're ready to go. You know, if they could have running shoes, they'd already have them tied when they woke up in the morning. Um, yeah, it was a it was a habit because dogs, similar to humans, dogs need a habit. They need a system. They need a they need a they need a daily schedule. And so when we got onto that schedule, it was something that he looked forward to in the morning and in the evening. He looked forward to doing things together. And if you look at our society, as as parents, we're apt to give money, an iPad, an iPhone, and we become that society of kind of crouched down and, and just being not connected. With a dog, we have a tendency to go, there's a treat, there's this, there's that, and not spending quality time with them. That became a, t- a chance for us to spend the quality time with each other and bond with each other and increasing that love, that unconditional love between the two of us. And I think that only increased things. And and when you're when you're when you're with your dog and that and you're moving together and you're doing something that's good for both of you, and you know it's good for both of you, it's that bond only increases.
0: We're talking with Tricia Montgomery. She's telling us her story of finding exercise and enjoying it later in life, thanks to her dog Louie. She described how she got a job with a veterinarian and then moved on as working for the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association. And I'm curious, with this job, what did you do with the uh, association in Chicago?
1: So I was public education director, and then I became executive director of of the Chicago BMA. Um, It was interesting, though, during that time, we began to see a growing trend in obesity. And I believe that I was writing my business plan for Canine Pickup at that time, if I, if I do say so myself. But along that way, I got to meet amazing veterinarians such as Dr. Ernie Ward, who now is the founder of the Association of Pet Obesity Prevention, who's helped us develop these programs. Along the way, um, I've met amazing veterinarians who have recognized that there is a need for um, exercise and, and quality and nutrition with our dogs. And it's become more so um, that it, it's becoming more more of a trend or more popular. Uh, keep in mind that more often than not, people do not recognize that their dogs are overweight. Oh, there's a chubby dog. Oh, look how cute he is. Uh, it is unbelievable healthy for them. If you can, if you're not doing a standard rib check, if you can't see the outline of their body, if all you're seeing is just this kind of roll, roll, and you're looking down at them, you've got an issue. And I think people don't realize that even two pounds is, is, is harmful to, to our dogs more so than maybe as humans, because they can't tell us when they're in pain. They cannot tell us when they're stressed. They cannot tell us when, you know, their knees hurt, um, all of these things. And so we, as the owners and the humans have to look on that. And that's why working with your veterinarian is so, so very important in this journey that we're on.
0: And I think that's a great point that I want to emphasize. I know I'm a regular exerciser with my dogs and one of my dogs is a six month or six year old, uh, Black Labrador, who's from the English strain. So she tends to be short and stocky. Um, (laughs) And I always ask my vets, because I, I know the dangers of obesity as an exercise physiologist. I always ask my vets, how's my dog's weight? And my other one was always very slim. She was more from the American line. And about two years ago, when I asked the question at the checkup, he said, she can lose some weight. Yeah, so I and this was a dog that you would think no problem. She runs around she jumps up and down She was exercising 15 to 20 miles a week of fartlek training going at her pace when she wanted to run when she wanted to walk So I basically cut her food. I cut her food by about 25 Mm percent And she lost about 10 pounds and it wasn't obvious in the way she moved um but she went from being a 66 pound dog to being a 56 pound dog and Every, every year since then, it's been two years that I've seen the vet because her weight is good. Keep, her, keep it right there. And it really was, I was feeding her the same amount as the other dog. And I was overfeeding her, not yeah. because I was trying to spoil her. But it's just, as you said, you become blinded because it's like, oh, she's an English lab. She's supposed to be stockier.
1: Right, right, right. Well, it's interesting that um, there's... Knowledge right now, and there is uh, some issues right now with with the, the breeds of dogs that they have gotten larger and gotten overweight at the crush show at different dog shows that that the show judges have noticed a trend in obesity in those dogs uh, and in some breeds of dogs and and again, we as owners we think, oh, i'm doing what I've always done I, it looks okay, but it takes a, a, a veterinarian to say. You know, you may want to think about this, and um, and it's education of of from the from the veterinary profession to the public as it is, um, and and making sure that there's a there's a great tool in mind, um, which is what the Association of Pet Obesity does, and, and really looks at that. You know, nutrition has become organic and all these different things. There are so many options for both not only humans but dogs as well now. Um, it's crazy the amount of uh, the, the, the quality that we can have now, uh, as opposed to even a year ago, two years ago, five years ago.
0: We've been talking with Trisha Montgomery. She is the owner and founder of Canine Fit Club. She was describing her journey. We're going to come back in two weeks and, fu- and learn more about how she went from working for the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association to actually having Canine Fit Club. And I think that's going to be an exciting comment conversation. Trisha, I want to thank you for being willing to share how you became a mover later in life and how it really changed not only your life, but the life of Louie and I imagine any dog that you have owned since then.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And remember, working out is not so rough when you say <laughs> <take> best friend. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Moving to Live. Make sure you check out the show notes for contact information for our latest guest, as well as links about all the things we talked about. Intro and exit music is Traveling Light by Jason Shaw. You can subscribe to Moving to Live on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and be notified about new episode releases. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram, both underscore M-O-V number two L-I-V. Please tell your friends about Moving to Live. It's a go-to place for information for movement and exercise professionals and amateur aficionados who understand that movement is part of what makes your life complete. Until next week, keep on moving.